I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. On Room 104, and uh, we've mentioned this a few times, once or twice before, but a lot of, I'm going to presume now and make a generalisation here, I think a lot of girls in Dublin, more than you know, might be engaged in some form of sugar babying. Because, Sirsha, I remember you mentioned this before, Your one or two of your friends have actually done this. Yeah, I have spoken to people now, it was a few years after they left college, because they didn't tell anyone in college, but to get them through, you know, their their year in various different uh, courses that they did. They were going for dinner with men who were paying for them, giving them presents. Now, they never slept with them, but looked after them financially. And the worst thing about this is is the shocking lack of gender balance within the sugar babying community because <laughs> men aren't unfortunately represented at all here. So we just can't get paid to be brought out to go for dinner. So maybe that'll change. But if you are a just maybe out of college and you are struggling with money, has it? would you ever consider signing up and becoming a sugar baby. There was courses here, I think, last year in seminars that was teaching people how to do it. There's numerous websites. But, like, I mean, I don't know, what do you think about it? Would it be something you'd be comfortable going, yeah, I'm a sugar baby, I have no problem at all. Like, is it still shameful? Is it looked down upon? And would it be good for your head in the long run? Might be good for your pocket in the short run. But let us know. If you are a young, independent woman who wants a bit of extra cash, is this something that you'd be like, I'd happily, happily do a little bit of sugar babying. Uh, Again, it doesn't have to always involve sex, by the way, as well, which can complicate things even more but joining us on the line now to talk a little bit more about this whole fancy confusing weird wonderful world of sugar babying and sugar daddying and all that stuff he is a uh, professor at the university of Haifa. he is the author of the arc of love how our romantic lives change over time we're delighted to welcome him back to the show professor aaron ben Zaev. how are you fine how are you um, good, good. I hope I, I got your surname correctly again. Is it Zaev, Ben Zaev? Yes, yes, it was. Lovely, fine. lovely. We'll get off on a good foot, so. Professor, what do we know about sugar babies and sugar daddies? Is it on the rise? Yes, it is uh, extremely so on the rise, uh, and it is on the rise mainly uh, among uh, students all over the world in the United States, uh, UK, Asia. It is on the right. What is interesting in this uh, phenomenon is whether it is a kind of romantic relationship, a kind of sugar baby's girlfriend or sex workers. And it seems to me that they walk a thin line between the two poles. And this what makes the phenomenon very interesting and very explosive. There are groups of uh, people, feminists and uh, others, who are extremely opposed to uh, 
sugaring because sugaring blurred the boundary between prostituting and romantic love. When we have clear-cut boundary, we know what is prostitute, we know what is romantic love, let's say, and we are uh, comfortable with these two phenomena. However, sugaring is something in between. It is not prostituting, it is not typical prostituting, and it is not typical romantic love. Actually, those who are sugaring make it a point to say that they are not prostitutes. For example, someone said, sugar dating is not a job. It is not a profession. It is just a choice of my lifestyle that I want to live. So they want to distance themselves from prostitutes, and rightly so. It is different from uh, uh, prostitution sugaring. And uh, I indicate a few differences, uh, four major differences. One is the issue of complexity. Prostitution is typically involved unidimensional, one-time, relatively brief sexual activity. And the essence of this activity is receiving money for sexual favors. Sugaring is much more complex. It is not one-time. It is multidimensional, it is not relative, and it is more than just receiving money for sexual favors. So, in sugaring is in the direction of romantic love, but of course it is not romantic love. So this is one important distinction. The complexity of romantic love, of course, is much more complex than uh, sugaring. And then we have the issue of money and romance. Indeed, sugaring involves receiving money and gift for sexual favors like prostituting. However, mm. prostituting begins and ends with this one-time exchange. And sugaring is much more than this. It involves also social companionship. Social companionship is not that clear, the boundaries. Social companionship can include, include sex, but doesn't have to include sex. It is long time. It is unclear how many times a week, once a week, a few times a week, once a few weeks, this social companionship goes. But again, it is between prostitute and romantic love. And then comes the issue of freedom. Sugaring compared to prostituting allows for greater freedom in partner choice. Prostitute hardly have any choice in having the partner. They can, but in a very limited uh, manner, and also they have uh, pimps who supposedly protect them, but still locate for them the customer. Sugaring features no such middleman. Partnering is mainly accomplished through online sites. So sugaring has a greater freedom for the girls. And the fourth one, which is uh, extremely important, is the issue of repetition and development. Prostituting can be re repetitive, but it lacks meaningful development in prostituting. Mm. All the time you change the client and there is no development. It is this one 
time uh, uh, sexual act. Sugaring, on the other hand, there is a relationship, even though it is uh, quite shallow, but the relationship endures and develops over time. Again, it is sugaring is between prostituting and romantic love. When does sugaring become prostitution? Because I'd imagine there are some men who get into this with the presumption that if I give you a couple of hundred quid for a date, well then, I'm expecting to have sex with you afterwards. Yes, but... Uh, What this uh, man, what this uh, sugar daddy's intent is not only uh, to give money for sex. If they wanted merely this, they would go to a prostitute. Mm. They want more than this. They want the companionship. And they are, they, uh, sometimes they are even uh, insulted that they are coming only for uh, one, uh, one time. They said that they give allowances. They give gifts. Not to widen their activity from a mere money exchange for a sexual activity. And therefore, it is indeed more complex, sugaring, and something in between we don't know how to deal with. We have here the sloppery slope phenomenon. That is to say, if you are at the beginning of a slope, you make one step down and you're all the way down. So people may worry, and rightly so, that once you begin sugaring, you may go down all the way, all the slope yeah. down and become a prostitute. This is true and it may happen. And this is a risk in sugaring. I don't want uh, to say that sugaring is a wonderful thing uh, uh, with no risk. No, I just want to say that it has some value, some advantages, but it has as well a risk. And it is a tricky business to avoid the severe risk and get the valuable. But I want also to say that all history, people change money or other uh, valuable items for sex. It is not something merely in uh, prostituting. Also, uh, we give gifts. We give, uh, people may even uh, claim that they give gift to their partner mm. after sexual act, which is good. So the very argument that there is here a, a clear-cut borderline between a normative behavior and sugaring is not within the normative behavior, this is a little bit problematic uh, claim. Sugaring is not clearly within the normative uh, field, but still it has a value for people, for students to pay their uh, tuition, and it is not as bad as some people want to see it. I just kind of feel that, you know, as a young girl, there's no other reason why a man of a certain age would want to go and bring her for dinner or hang out with her because you know you're born totally different eras you don't really have anything in common I think for him it's just kind of someone on his arm to, to look good on a, on a night out and she's only there because she's going to get a gift or something valuable in return she's not meeting him for a conversation or he's not meeting her because he wants a conversation if he wanted a conversation surely he would find someone maybe his own age with the same interests yes uh, uh, but the classic 
image of uh, sugar daddies and the uh, uh, sugar babies is that of wealthy old men, let's say in the 80, young girl at her 20s. This is not the case of the majority now of sugaring. The statistics uh, speak about men around 40, women around uh, 25, and men a little bit healthier, not the richest in the world. So they do have something common uh, to, to speak uh, about, and it is one way of making living which is I agree with you, it can be highly problematic because of the risks. But on the other end, if you are uh, careful, and it is not easy to be here careful, but if you are careful here, you may have some of the advantages of this sponsoring your studies at uh, a difficult economic time of uh, your life. Therefore, it is such a threatening phenomenon. We don't know how it will go, because it, you are right. It can go to something bad like prostituting, but it doesn't have to. And the girls, let's say the women here, are of higher level. They are not necessarily coming from low background. So they just want something extra. The prostitutes, their life is around this profession. And the sugar babies, it is one part of their life which intend to support the other part, the greater part of uh, their life, such as studies. So it is complex. It is clear-cut claim here, clear-cut boundaries here are not uh, appropriate. If you've just tuned in, it's um, Cormac and Sergio here and we're just chatting to Professor Aaron Benzave. He is an author of the book The Ark of Love, but we're chatting about sugar babies and sugaring, and the, which is basically when a woman is selling her companionship and pretty much selling her time and there's no ever expectation that it's, it's just for sex. It's like renting yourself to be someone's friend, for want of a better word. And Professor, do you mind if I ask you, just one last question before we let you go. Why is the majority of these things, it's, it's men paying women. Does it happen the other way around where wealthy women will hire a, a sugar a sugar baby who's a, a sugar baby boy, for want of a better word? Yeah, there, there are uh, sugar mummies, but they are uh, in the minority. One reason maybe that uh, women don't like uh, to pay for sex. Other reason that uh, the wealthier uh, at this age, let's say the, the 40s are uh, men and the women at this uh, age that are wealthier, maybe have already family, existed family, children. Sorry, any idea how much you can earn at this? Because I'm sure some people might be listening going, oh God, I'm working from home at the moment and now the restrictions have been lifted. I can go down and sell, sell an hour of my, my companionship and time for an hour. Like, what are the salaries ranging for? Like, is it a full-time gig? Average uh, uh, online uh, sites uh, seeking yeah. arrangements said that the average of sugar daddy is uh, 38 years old and earn uh, $250,000 annually, while the average sugar baby is 20 years old and receive about $3,000 monthly from their daddies. This is the statistics. If you ask for the future... I believe that in the future this phenomenon will uh, increase, as I indicate in uh, the book, The Ark of Love. I claim that the romantic realm is becoming increasingly more flexible and diverse. Sugaring 
is one expression of this diversity, hence it is likely, unlikely that we can stop this uh, trend. On the contrary, it may grow in the future. Well, hang on a second um, now. I don't have to just stick with the same sugar daddy. I could have seven of them a week. If you haven't what? got the time, I, I might have an hour to spare during the day uh, if they yeah. want to do lunch. But um, yeah, imagine seven of them at three grand uh, a month. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Usually the sugar babies may have two or three daddies. Daddies want uh, more than uh, one hour uh, a week since it is, uh, they don't want to conceive themselves paying for uh, sex and uh, uh, women don't want to see themselves as a prostitute. So the companionship is part, and sometimes the major part, maybe these uh, uh, daddies are uh, very lonely. It is uh, uh, the case, uh, very lonely. They are paying for a uh, uh, company. They are paying for what may may call the friendships with benefits. The uh, other very common uh, phenomenon is that of friendships we say benefit, uh, while the benefits are sexual benefit. So there are uh, people, yes, they don't pay for, uh, uh, for it, but they are friends with uh, uh, others, and from time to time they have the benefit of uh, sex, not pure uh, friendship, but friendship plus, plus the benefit. And here they have the benefit. Some uh, women wrote, so there are attitudes here. I want to emphasize the complexity. We, it can be risky. It can be valuable. Take the moderate uh, uh, way. If a woman makes this sugaring the center of her life, she's bound to go all the, down the slippery slope argument and maybe turn into a, a prostitute. If she does it in a very moderate way, just for the purpose, some specific purpose such as the studies, and become very careful of the risk, then she might have some value in this. But it is, of course, not good for uh, everyone. It's just good for uh, some people in some uh, circumstances. Well, listen, Professor, we'll, we'll have to leave it at that. We could probably be talking about this for hours on end, but there you go. It's a trend that's going to be continuing for the next number of years. You could be earning thousands of euro a month doing it. Uh, but do check out his work and his book, The Arc of Love, How Our Romantic Lives Change Over Time. But Professor Aaron Benzaev, thanks a million for popping on again here on FM 104. Thank you very much. A pleasure talking with you. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. That is Niall Horn. It's uh, black and white. Cormac and Sir here on Room 104. Um, I got a text in there from someone about, we were chatting a little bit earlier on about things you've overheard. Conversations, awkward conversations you've overheard, whether it was in a shopping centre, in a cafe, on the bus, wherever it was. And this one comes in from, do I know whose person it is? Andrea. Andrea or Andrea. I never know how to say this properly. Anyway, she goes, I was on the bus the other day and I overheard a conversation between a couple in my native language. Who could have known I'm also from there? That's it. It's like when you go on holidays and uh, people start bitching about you in Irish and they don't think you can yeah. understand. You're looking at them going, big witch. Like, oh, well, I whoops. can't. But you could. Well, you could pick up one or two words. I wouldn't know much, but you know when they're speaking Irish and you can just kind of say one or two words to them. What, yeah. what, what, what was it that you were trying to count the other day? I was trying to um, 
Was what I trying to say? count oh, and I said the Hail Mary praying. or something? You were like, I was praying back. Aranyahar Atarnyav. Yeah, that's yeah. one, two, three, four. Aranyahar Atarnyav. Good Eve. Good on. Yeah. Good Afi. Yeah. Getting political on us here as well now. Right. Anyway, we'll get back. Sorry, we'll get back to your text, Andrea. Andrea, I don't know. Let us know how you pronounce it. Oh, um, God. Uh, so she goes on, right? Anyway, a year ago. Anyway, a year ago, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend who I moved here with. That must be, that must be very difficult and a big yeah. risk that if you move, how far away did you move from, by the way, Andrea? Where, where are we from? And uh, where did you come from originally uh, to move over here? Because like if you're like from Brazil coming over here, if you're coming from Poland, it's not like next door. It's not like moving to London. You can get like a, a half an hour flight back and, and job done. But um, yeah, big. I hate not knowing where I am. Like, not that I don't know where I am, but I hate new places on my own. I like I wouldn't be able to, to just move abroad on my own and not know anyone else there. So you kind of think that if you did go over with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that you would be clinging to each other. You'd have to. You wouldn't. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd feel much more. Obviously, you feel safer and much more secure in a city you've no idea who. You've no other family or friends there, and then something like that happens. It, it must be a horrible decision to have to go to, where you're like, "Yeah, I'm I'm actually better off on my own in a foreign city than uh, than being with you." Um, so that must be uh, a little bit awkward as well. But she, um, sorry, anyway, she said, "I broke up with my boyfriend who I moved here with." This couple on the bus had the exact same fight we used to have, even with the same wording. I'm not happy here. Why don't we move here and there? You always complain, but if you want to go back, do. I like it here. But we don't go anywhere anymore. You don't want to go out. I miss my friends. You've changed. No, I haven't. She said, it's a very specific fight between two people who moved abroad together. I just wanted to tell uh, tell that girl. For me, it wasn't the country, and it's probably not for you. Okay. Does that mean like it, 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 the country wasn't the problem or Ireland was not the country for you? I think the worst Madness. thing you could do is eavesdrop and then get involved. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you, know you totally should have. He said, here, listen, pal, I've been in this situation before. Dump him, move home, get out of here, cut your loss. Yeah. Um, um, but you're obviously not, still here. So you're obviously still here indeed. So give us more of the info. Where, like, yeah, moving out, breaking up with someone in a different city when you've moved over there would be horribly uncomfortable. I, I'd probably just come home. I don't know if I could handle. Well, now in saying that, there, there was a, a neighbour of mine who was going out with someone for, I think they were going out six years. They moved to Canada. Within the first year, he started cheating yeah. on her. So they broke up, obviously. He ended up coming home because uh, among all that stress and drama that they were going through, he lost his job. So he ended up coming home. But she's still there. So oh. she's been there... I think now 10 years, I'd say, and absolutely loves it. The lads just run home to Mammy because they're like, I don't know how to do a wash. So um, no, I cheated on her there. and uh, I lost my job. So can I come home? Can you can you wash these? <laughs> I've really ruined my entire life, but I, I can't keep myself going. So um, God, yeah, it'd be a big move. Thanks for that text as well. Um, Keith has gotten in touch in relation to the uh, sugar daddies and the sugar babies. We were just chatting to Professor... Aaron Ben Zaev, who has been studying kind of this whole phenomenon of sugar babies and sugar daddies, that's when usually, usually kind of college-aged girls will charge for their time to just hang out with older, very wealthy men. Um, and they can make several thousand a month from it. And people are like, it's absolutely fine. It's, it doesn't have to be about sex. Sometimes it might be, but it's just about renting. It's like rent a friend, kind of, a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, you're not doing anything sexual for the most part, but, you know, they might want to take you for dinner. Maybe they might want you to dress up in a, a nice dress and heels if it's the girl. I don't know what the sugar mommy wants, but 
Yeah, uh, you know, in a way it's probably sexualizing you or wanting you to look a certain way, but... It's, it's a weird one because, uh, because there's so many different like levels of feminism that there is out there at the moment. You don't know whether to say men shouldn't be buying women. You don't know whether to say she can do what she wants. She can earn money with, in, in whatever way she wants to at all. You don't know whether to say it's encouraging prostitution and, and yeah. um, you know, is it commercializing and monetizing sex? That's bad as well. My God. I mean, I think I would be on that stance now. I would think I would what? personally think it's it's kind of encouraging people to go down a, a dangerous route, a risky route. One that does if not fill you with self-confidence. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're getting 500 quid just to go for dinner and then the dinner ends grand, then you get another 500 quid the next week and then they're like, would you like an extra 500 quid? But if you're not happy in that person's say? company, do you know what I mean? If you're meeting a 58-year-old man or a 68-year-old man, you know, really what are you talking about? For the most part, you know, it's it's going to be a struggle to have a conversation with someone, to connect with someone that might be that much older than you. You might have a dad the same age, similar age. He might be older than your dad. You know, it's, so it's weird. just strange. Talk like, it's dad just stuff. not natural. Yeah. Like, that can't be funny. You can't be looking forward to doing that. There must be a part of you thinking, I need the money. You know, and that's why I'm doing this. You're not meeting new people for the, for the laugh. You need the money. Oh, you definitely just and need the money. Feel, yeah, of course. Yeah, but you might feel the pressure to look a certain way or act a certain way and you're not yourself. I know yeah. there's a lot more to it. I think. Uh, of course, no girl is going to admit having sex with a grey, wrinkly man. <laughs> true. That's so true. <laughs> but like, even the can. girls that I, I knew, obviously, that did this during college, they never told anyone else... And, you know, if they were okay with it and they didn't see anything wrong with it, wouldn't they be more likely to be outspoken? The, o- the I'm just trying to think, the only place that you could get away with this is if it was happening, if these dates were happening in hotels. Because Dublin's a very, very small place. Yeah. If you're having a dinner date in the city centre with an elderly, someone's going to see you. Because one, your mates are probably working in the restaurant that you're going to. You can't go to any bars because everyone knows what, what the bars are. So unless you're going to like some of these like uh, private clubs that they have around, uh, what's that one? There's one on, on Stevens Green, these private kind of clubs oh, that you yeah. have to be a member to get into and stuff. And unless it's yeah. happening. Yeah, those kind of places. Mm. Uh, unless you're going in there. But yeah, every, people would find out in a second, unless I think it's in a hotel. Because, you know, people wouldn't, generally go to you know hotel bars or whatever for uh, normal nights out but listen yeah thanks for I'd that say, I'd say it's more common than we think and I'm saying that because I went and met my dad last year remember I actually put a picture up on Instagram because I thought it was so funny of uh, it was just me and him went we went to the Shelburne very fancy mm. lovely it was both our birthdays around the same month we decided to go and he walked off to take a, a call and the guy came back over to me and said do you want to wait for your husband to come back or would, <laughs> would you like to order now now come on I wasn't even dressed up like I looked 25 that day so they must be used to either younger women with older men coming into restaurants in Shelburne or places like it or maybe sugar babies and sugar daddies yeah he's not going to turn around and say sorry are you a sugar baby do you want to wait for your sugar daddy to come back he's going to say husband imagine you said sugar baby to the wife (laughs) 
Can you imagine? Do that for the crack. Hi, would you like your sugar baby? Hi, are you the sugar baby? Thanks oh, very much. I, God. I'll get your sugar daddy now for your happy days. How awkward. Um, oh, Andrea's gotten back in touch. No, no, Ireland was not the problem. So this was a woman who overheard the the conversation on the bus of a couple pretty much breaking up who had moved over here. She said, no, 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 Ireland wasn't the problem. And uh, it's within the EU, so not that bad. Oh, so that's it. So you didn't travel too far. It's still still a long way to go. Like, if you go to yeah. any... Um, any foreign country move over there. Like, on holidays is bad enough. You're living there, trying to find a job there, and uh, breaking up. God, it got to be absolutely tormenting. And uh, fair play. So I take, But I do take it you're still here. Anyway, um, who was a friend who got in touch earlier on? Sorry, Billy. What's the story? Billy's gotten back in touch. If you've just tuned in, uh, Billy sent us in a picture a little bit earlier on. He was en route to the hospital with the dislocated or what looked like a, a, broken, uh, a broken finger. He plays in goal. In the GAA, yeah. played in goal for the GAA myself, and lads just hockey and balls at you, and then they just smash your fingers. What gloves were you wearing back in the day? You could get these uh, Adidas finger savers, they were called, and they were the chunkiest, nearly like a pair of cricket gloves they had on your hands. Shay Given used to wear them all the time, very, very good. They saved your fingers, but this poor man's fingers are in ribbons. Thankfully, though, it was just dislocated, which means if your finger was dislocated, did they have to pop it back in? Ow. Did they have to Please pull it don't. out and go... No. Ugh. No, I can't. You'd have to do, they'd have to do that. They'd have to be all like lying you down there and did the nurse have to grab your finger and just yank it out and set it back into place and go, grand job, grand, grand job, you can go back now tomorrow. Ugh. I don't even want to think about it. I could not imagine the pain of that. Yeah. But was it sore? I wonder if it was sore. Oh, yeah, that happened to me... Um, I did my ankle in before playing football and came down on a, came down on the bottom part of the goalposts. With the portable goalposts, you can move, have a bar along the bottom. So from the post down to the back of the goal. And I came down on that and it went over and then I went in to see the physio. And I was hobbling my way into the physio and he was looking at it and it was all swollen up and disgusting and purple and blue and just rotten. And uh, very little movement in it. And he was just massaging it around a little bit. And then he goes, I'm really sorry about this. And I was like, sorry about what? And he was like... Uh, and he just snapped it back into place, yeah. Oh, I couldn't cope. But it was better after Why do you play that. sports? But it was better. I don't play it anymore. These are the things that I've learned. Billy, enjoy it while you can, and then, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. Other I... things will distract you. Poor doctors have to push it back into yeah. place. Oh, no. Um, but it, I could walk no, after thanks. that better. I could walk slightly better, but they had to snap it back into place, and I was like, mother of God, it was painful. But yeah, I've never broken um, anything or sprained anything. Touch wood. Touch wood. I've sprained loads of things. I've sprained my ankles constantly and then, yeah, I've dislocated fingers before and snapped fingers and they've gotten all, oh, nothing worse. Nothing worse. You can't do that if you just watch TV all day. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, Billy, put yourself. all your ambitions, put all of your ambitions <laughs> and aspirations on hold and just follow Saoirse's life path and just get yourself a cat, sit on the couch for the rest of your life and you work. Yeah. Job done. Exactly. Happy days. I don't have to visit the hospital, but you do. If you don't set yourself any goals, you can never be disappointed and you can never fail. I mean, it's just the never. secret of life, isn't it? Never it is try. Actually. Never try. <laughs> yeah, never try indeed. It's a waste of time if you try. The most apathetic show in the world. Uh, on the way, a bit of music from uh, Dermot Kennedy. And uh, what were we going to be talking about? We mentioned we're talking there. about the five most common things oh, yeah. that you forget when you're going to pack your bag to go on holidays. I would say the sausages is number one. But anyway, if you think you know any of those, what are the things you regularly forget? Remember when we went to those things called holidays and you left the country to go to sunnier places? What were the things you usually always wound up forgetting? Let us know. Oh, it's 767971. 
FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can visit our flagship store in Tala. Get free delivery at playblue.ie. Now, do you remember when people used to do a thing called travel? Now, people are still allowed to travel in Ireland. You know, you can still pack a bag and head off down the country. Yeah, sometimes, um, years ago, people were allowed to leave the island, which was mad. Um, we're still allowing people coming here now, which I don't know about that. People from America with all their diseases over there now. I oh, their one disease, COVID-19. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. what are some, what, what's usually like the main thing that you always forget going on holidays? One thing that I always forget going on holidays is actually clothes. So um, there's like a running joke, my missus goes mad at me, because you know that I only have grey t-shirts and heavy dark navy t-shirts? Yeah, you don't do anything in between. No, I'm like, do you have anything in just a dark, miserable colour here now? Where are you going? Well, it's somewhere sunny, but I just want dark, heavy miserableness so to make the sweating even more profuse while we're, you know, wedged into a plane or on a bus somewhere, right? But um, I, I always, I just for some reason, just don't pack enough clothes ever. I'm like, I have two T-shirts, it's all I need, it's grand. So we always wind up having to go to a H&M uh, while we're away and just stock up on really cheap um, T-shirts and shorts while I'm away. That's where I do most of my clothes shopping is, is, is when you're away. Yeah, no, I see, I'm a girl, so I have been planning for probably months beforehand and ordering dresses and clothes online. Oh, I know, and actually, so I, say, I, have, should, I should say that the good thing about mm. me not packing anything is because of women like you need more room in my bag. Oh, yeah, of course. Half your of bag my bag is, there. is taken up with, like, will this fit in yours? Oh, well, my answer used to always <sighs> be no one cares what you're wearing. But they'll care what I'm wearing. <laughs> and that's just a fact, okay? Um, Girls' clothes are much nicer. I'm a. I'm a fashion influencer. I've got Cormac's Closet. Uh, it's a boutique shop where I buy in dresses from China and then resell them at an incredibly high marked up price. All you need is one nice shirt, uh, a few t-shirts, a few pairs of shorts, and then that's it. You're done. Whereas we need yeah, to no, plan yeah, yeah. for what we're wearing into the water, what we're wearing when we're sunbathing beside the pool, and then maybe what you're going to wear during the day and then what you're going to wear at night. Mm. So that's kind of four outfits because you can't wear the same swimsuit every day that's just ridiculous I wear the swimsuits to the restaurant just let the shorts dry out on the the banister and you're like grand yeah they're grand throw them on here we go so sad if I was with someone like that I really would because I'd make such an effort and then you're just wearing your your boxers from earlier on no I'm just just wearing my Ireland jersey we're going going down to the restaurant bring me tricolor with me here we go no and you're dressed up tricolor at the restaurant Oh, devastating. Well, anyway, usually I'm fine with my clothes and my shoes. I always remember to bring them. But for me personally, and this is very bad to forget, I always forget to bring medication. Like So my pill, always. Happens all the time. Why would you and then you're panicking. Your going on holidays? You just need a pair of rosary beads, Saoirse. <laughs> so you're not married. You wouldn't be having sex with anyone. Like, seriously, it's happened to me a few times and you get so stressed because you can't just pick that up in the chemist in the airport. Oh, you know? yeah. So then mm-hmm. you have to and you have to use protection that you're not used to using and it's not as good. Seriously, you buying 700 packs of condoms in Dublin <laughs> Airport going, <laughs> just in case now, it could be a busy weekend in Alicante. Who knows? Uh, no, it's tragic. So that's really important to always have in your handbag. Um, so that's something I do forget a lot of. And that has come in at number three. So there's the top five things that we forget right, okay. uh, the most. Uh, so number three is your medications. Number five is your charger. Everyone forgets their charger oh, at some stage. Yeah. 
Tragic. And then, Nothing worse than getting to the airport and realizing you have 6% battery and you're like, oh, oh kill me I now. know. And then they only have the, the real cheap ones, you know, that you yeah. can just kind of, universal ones. They never charge your phone properly. Sometimes no, they don't yeah. even work. They're all dodgy. Yeah, they're real yeah, dodgy. Really uh, bad. Keith, Keith has got a good one here. Is the main thing, is it uh, forget your wife or girlfriend when you're going on all this? <laughs> very funny, Keith. Very, very Nothing funny. I think she's happens. probably hoping to forget you, actually, more than anything. <laughs> Um, but yeah. no, that's uh, that's not the answer. No, to any of this, they're not girlfriends, wives, boyfriends, husbands are not on the list. Um, so five is charger, four your swimming togs. Yeah, I've done that, or like a hat or goggles or something. Now I'd only do that if I thought that I was going somewhere that wasn't going to be warm, or at the odd time if I was going on a hotel night away or something like that. I'd forget that they, they have a really nice spa and they have a lovely pool. And then I'll get really stressed. Because you can buy, you know, swimming... I'm going to call them swimsuits because that's what they kind of are. They're, they're really ugly. You know, usually the navy and white ones that you mm. can buy in the spa. And nobody yeah. wants to wear that. Yeah. So I'd rather just not go in. So that's in a four. Three is your medication. Two, your toiletries. Now, you can buy that for the most part in the airport. But I know, especially with girls, certain hair products you can't just get in the airport. That can be a hassle. Oh, I hair. Yeah, I just don't understand yeah. why I don't bu- like bringing toiletries over because it weighs your bag down so much and there's stuff you can just buy over there. Yeah, some things you can buy over there, but there's certain hair products that you can't get. You know, I get a specific one from my hairdressers. And ah, they don't have it anywhere. Fancy stuff. So just get a bit of Brill Cream and you'd be fine. No. And then you have it's to, you know, because obviously unless I put it in the case itself, I can't bring it through unless I squeeze it into the little jars you know those things you can get to carry on uh, so it's a lot of effort for girls going through um security especially when you forget something like that but number one thing that most people forget and i've done this loads of times don't reveal it just yet okay the number one thing that most people will forget what do you think it is what is it what is the main so read us the ones you've just read out there already so in fifth is your charger yeah. fourth is your swimming togs third yeah. is medication second toiletries what is number one? Interesting one. 87 Which do you think is the number one thing that people will forget when you're going on holidays? 87 Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Any of the interviews this evening, if you're just tuning in now because maybe you're heading into the old uh, overnight shift, we had Dr. Wider on this evening talking about different myths busting in the, in the bedroom and, and things about your sexual health and how your smell can impact the type of experience and pleasures that you're having inside the bedroom. We also talked to uh, Professor Aaron Ben Zaev. Sorry, blanked there for a second. Got it in the end. Uh, he was talking about sugar babies, sugar mammies, sugar daddies, that whole industry that's getting exploding. And there's more and more people here in Dublin who are uh, availing of the services or signing up to become sugar babies. Anyway, that'll all be updated on the podcast right after the show. So you can find us on Apple Spotify, uh, on your smart speaker, on your phone, wherever you're listening to your podcast and your audio from. You can go find us there. Now, the number one thing that you forget, or most people forget, when they're going on holidays, uh, or when you went on holidays, maybe we should put that in the past tense for you now this evening. Oh, it's 7679104. Lucy, and good evening to you, sir. How are things? He says, it's so easy being a man on holidays. I know, it so is. It so is. Yeah, but does it not make you really sad as well that... 
you don't get the excitement of changing outfits and getting to dress up in lovely there's no, dresses. There's no excitement. There is no excitement at all. There is only stress. And I, here's the thing that we never have to do. We never have to panic at the check-in desk and, like, unpack your underwear in front of a queue full of people and go, can you put this in your suitcase? Just horrific. Never happens. I always do Because you're, like, you're 17 kilos over. And it's like, no, no, yeah. not doing it. Not doing it. But you will do it because you know that your holiday will be ruined if you don't do it. No, I'm like, my, my bag's gone. My bag's in the plane already. Good luck. <laughs> Nothing I can do for you. Sorry about that now. Anything to fault. keep her quiet. It's your own um, fault. Well, look, you know, that's just life. That's just the way we like to do things. We are always stressed at the airport until we have maybe one responsible glass of wine after going through, check in, bags are done. Then you can relax. But up until that point, when you're in the taxi, from that second, does anybody actually relax in a taxi on the way to the airport? No one. How many times do you say, do you have your passport? Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And then you move your passport, you move move your passport to another pocket and then you freak out for half a second. And then you go extra secure. You'll know, I'll put it on the inside pocket of the bag and then I'll definitely not lose it. And then you can't find it for ages and you're crying. And you're like, oh, stay the whole time. It's so sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Tragic, tragic. So uh, the five things that most people forget on going on holidays, The give us the top, the, give us the four already that we have. So we have charger, we've got swimsuit, medication, toiletries, and what's number one? Uh, Matt. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good evening. Matt says passport. You would think it would be a passport. Well, there would be a lot of holidays happening if everyone forgot now. No, passport actually came in at number six. So although people probably talk about forgetting that the most, most people remember to bring their passport. The worst, the worst situation I've ever experienced with somebody forgetting their passport is I was away on a football trip before, right, in Portugal. And, oh, what had happened? We were about, what, 15, 16 young lads away in Portugal on a football tournament for a week. And the last night that everyone was there, a few of the lads decided to go out 
and they lost their minds a little bit. They went out and were irresponsible. They got into massive rows with some of the local lads that were there. And I remember yeah. being woken up and seeing the guy who was sleeping next to me firing out plates to the people who were 10 floors below outside egging them on to come down for a row, right? So oh, then the wow. three lads, yeah, then the three lads went down and were starting on them. And this is all out the emergency exit. And then there was one or two of the Portuguese locals that were starting on them. And then one gave a whistle. And like 20 lads out of nowhere showed up with baseball bats and everything. They were <gasps> luring them into a false trap yeah, and were about to kick lumps out of them. Uh, so anyway, they continued throwing stuff out the window. They were throwing a load of water over. They destroyed the room. And uh, the next morning, obviously, the hotel wasn't too impressed. And we're like, you're lucky as they're leaving today because this is horrific. Called the police and everything. Mad wow. stuff, right? So we all got, uh, you know, a, a telling off, as you can imagine. You know, it, you're, it was an embarrassment to... It was, it was an absolute embarrassment to the country, uh, we were told. So we were going back on the bus and the... Uh, airport was a two-hour drive away and everyone is obviously sitting there in silence when they had to kind of deal with the hotel when they had to deal with the police all this stuff which was kind of keeping us a little bit late as well and that was adding to the whole thing as well anyway it finally got sorted we were an hour <laughs> we were an hour down the road and one of the lads who was in bits who was puking his ring up at the back of the bus because he was a little hungover who was like causing all the havoc the night before suddenly realized he left his passport back in the hotel no way. What happened? <laughs> this, they couldn't do anything because we couldn't turn around because we'd gone past the point of if we, we couldn't turn around and then go back to the airport, we'd miss the flight. So what happened was another screaming um, session happened. We ended up going to the airport and he had to get a taxi back with one of the main managers and he had to stay a night over in the hotel sharing a room with the manager and then get oh, another no. flight back the next day. Oh, my God. Isn't that karma right there? Wow. And this was the guy who did this. The guy who did this, right? The guy who did this, uh, the trip before, the previous trip he was on, they were in France and they were being brought around a a tour of like an art gallery, very famous art gallery, and a fly was annoying him. And it was like just hanging out. I swear to God, this is true as God. The fly landed on a priceless painting and he had like (gasps) a magazine in his hand. And he just Come swatted stop. the fly. Yeah, he just swatted the fly, but put a hole in the painting. <sighs> what? So he, he wasn't in the good books. Like, this cost tens of thousands to repair. Does he have to pay? He obviously didn't pay for that. Oh, no, no, he didn't. The FAI got uh, footed with that bill. For oh, that, uh, my dear. Yeah. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.